This is an ode to blackness, to black women, to vulnerability and to visibility. And in the words of one of my heroes, the resilient and prolific Miss Audre Lorde, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. That the speaking profits me beyond any other effect. I am standing here as a black woman, and the meaning of all that waits upon the fact that I am still alive and I might not have been. This is a platform to magnify the voices of the ignored and the unheard. So please join me on my journey of speaking up and speaking truth. This is Speak, and I am Kaya Coleman. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Speak. Um, This week, I don't have any guests. It's just me. And I actually did not have a topic until, like, yesterday. (laughs) And I asked my friend what she wanted me to talk about. And she said insecurities. Um, And she kind of left it at that. So I didn't really know what direction to take it in. So I did some thinking yesterday. And then I wrote those, like, four signs you're insecure um, on my page. You should go check it out. At Speak by Kaya Coleman. And um, those are just, like, thoughts from my own personal experiences. So it was low-key a self-drag, but I think it was relatable to a lot of people um, based off the sins, <laughs> so thanks. And um, I think that's a good place to start, I guess, is, like, how to know if you're insecure. So, like, one of the points that I put was um, you have, like, trouble taking compliments or you don't like talking about yourself. And this is actually something that happened to me. Um, I think, I can't remember the exact scenario, but this boy was complimenting me or asking something about a compliment. But either way, like, the focus is on me. And the way I responded was, like, not correctly. (laughs) Like, it wasn't, I didn't respond rude. It was just, like, I wasn't that perceptive to the compliments. Like, I was trying to, like, okay, like, let's move on. Type it. And he, like, literally called me out. Um, and he was like, oh, somebody's not good at taking compliments. A little insecure, like, question mark. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> accurate. Um, but in the moment, obviously, like, you can't, you, I wouldn't, like, admit to it. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, he, he was a thousand percent right. And so that actually just sparked a lot of different conversations in my head. So it was good. I needed to hear that um, because I didn't even realize that my self-internalized insecurities still existed and so the fact that they were manifesting in a way that didn't allow me to talk about myself or accept compliments that I was deserving of kind of made me be like wow like I didn't know it was that deep um and then it also made me realize like the type of energy that I was putting out based off of that insecurity was extremely strong because he was able to feel that through technology, like not even in person. So that's crazy that that energy was picked up on that easily. And also that it was just transmitting like that. Um, And so I can't help but think, what else was I bringing to me or bringing into my space that was negative as a result 
of how negatively I was thinking about myself. Even though I didn't even know on the surface I was thinking negatively, I still had like subconscious thoughts and like times where I just wasn't as confident as I normally am. And I hadn't, I didn't deal with it at all because I didn't realize that I still was struggling from so-and-so insecurity. So it was just crazy to think about it in that way. And I hadn't thought about that conversation until yesterday when she brought it up because I'm like, hmm, like, have I ever been called insecure? Like, have I ever experienced that? And like, that definitely is my best, I guess, representation of that. And then I had to think about where did that insecurity come from? And I mean, I did this a while ago, but I'm just going to retell the story for you guys. Um, But I realized that it came from a lot of it came from high school and certain experiences that I had in that space. I hated high school, just for the record. Um, And it's crazy because I actually don't really remember it much. And that goes to show just how much I wasn't living in the moment. Like, I just kept remembering being like, I cannot wait to get up out of here. Like, oh my God, where I cannot wait to go to college. Notice I went as far as I could for college. Like, I applied to one school in Texas, and that's because I knew I would get in automatically. Like, I was just over Texas. Like, I needed to get out. Um, And because of that, I really do not remember much of high school. And that's so sad to think about, but it's literally because I was repressing so much of it because I was just trying to get through. (laughs) And a lot of the insecurities that came from high school showed up in colorism and also in the way that I dealt with people romantically. And so with colorism, I spoke about that last, I don't even remember what episode at this point, but (laughs) one of those episodes, y'all should go check it out. It's a good conversation. Um, But I spoke about it with my friends and I started reliving high school a little bit in those moments, and I was like, wow, some of the things that I heard about me, or some of the things that were even directly said to me, number one, should never have been said, but two, like, damn, it was actually really deep, like, it cut deeper than I think the person saying it thought in the moment, and I know it cut deeper because it stayed with me for so long, even to the point where when I got to college, like, I didn't even expect when people were, like, calling me, like, oh, my God, you're so pretty, like, all this stuff, I was like, what? Like, I did not even process it. Granted, I did go to a a private school that was mostly white, and then when you're around mostly white people, even the niggas that do go to the school start to assimilate a little bit, and so they start to put out, like, oh, I only date white girls or Latinas or I only date, you know, Rihanna's and above, you know what I'm saying? Um, And so even being around niggas there, like, it wasn't, the same situation whereas when I got to Cornell it was like my I was being celebrated for my black features instead of talked about for them and I thought that was a crazy difference um so I just went through so many new beginnings and like rebirths in college and I'm happy that I got the experience because I finally recognized just how great I am but I didn't know that for a very long time so when I got to college I was like Getting attention made me so uncomfortable because I'm like, what is this coming from? I'm like so confused right now. Um, And I wasn't able to accept compliments and I wasn't able to allow myself to be great and to accept that greatness because I was doubting myself so much. And then another thing that came with that, like even outside of the black community, just the general Cornell community, is I was scared that I wasn't competent enough, like intellectually. And that's been from people literally saying to me that I only got into Cornell because of affirmative action. So when I finally did come to Cornell, I remember being so scared. Like, so I had so much anxiety that I wasn't going to be able to keep up and that I wasn't good enough to be here. 
mind you, I was completely wrong because they're people at Cornell are not as smart as you would think. <laughs> and I was perfectly placed. Like I was, I deserved to be there and I excelled while there. So I know that it wasn't even a thing of, it might've, I mean, sure they needed to get some black people in, but my test scores and my GPA spoke for themselves, regardless of if I was a black woman or not. And I allowed white men particularly to tell me that my accomplishments were lesser because I'm black, which isn't the case. My accomplishments were fine regardless. <laughs> and I didn't allow myself to process that. So I don't even think I took Cornell as seriously as I should have. Like, I didn't think, I didn't make as big of a deal about getting into Cornell as I should have. Um, and I wish I could have told, like, 17-year-old Kaya, like, girl, this is huge. Um, and to not let other people dim that light because that was a major accomplishment. Um, and I didn't even allow myself to experience it and to enjoy it. And it's like, that's one thing that insecurity always does, whether it's about, whether it's, well, I guess that's imposter, imposter syndrome is what I was just talking about. So whether it's that or whether it's like an insecurity about your physical appearance or something along those lines, either way, it still affects the way that you experience life. And you're going to miss out on so many blessings, or you probably already have, by letting your insecurity take over your life. And it doesn't even happen in a way that you notice, but it can be just as detrimental, even if you're like not actively taking part in it. Because even though I had thought I got over like that insecurity that came with being a dark-skinned woman and usually not accepted by, like, black men around me. I thought I was past that and over it. And then in the moment when he said it, I didn't even realize that I still had that insecurity because I was uncomfortable being praised for how I looked. Like, I was like, ooh, like, okay, let's move on. I know, let's go. But I should be able to talk about myself for what I am. Um... And so when I couldn't do that, I knew there was a problem. So if you have ever experienced that, it's normal. Um, it's very accurate. <laughs> it's something that I think a lot of us experience. And it's something you're probably not even aware of until you're made aware of it. So don't shy away from conversations talking about insecurities because I think the faster you deal with them, the faster you get to start enjoying your life more. Because whenever you're dealing with some sort of insecurity, you're hiding something and you're not comfortable in your present. And so it's hard to remain, I guess, it's hard to remain active and it's hard to remain engaged in your current life because you're suppressing so much of who you actually are. Um, and you owe it to yourself to have more than that. And if we continue to allow this like unprocessed trauma to cloud our understanding of, of self-worth and of our self-esteem, we're never going to reach the height that we're supposed to. Like, we're never going to actually blossom because we're so caught up in what we don't have. Even though we do have it, we're just allowing the wrong person to tell us what we have. And what I mean by that is we can't look at humans to be the ones to validate us, right? Because humans have their own imperfections. Everyone is struggling with something and everyone's insecure about something. So how can you let somebody who isn't even perfect themselves tell you what you lack? And we do that way too often. And then I started thinking about it in terms of like social media. And I think that's also a really big reason why we have so much insecurity because social media put us in a platform where it's like, you're supposed to basically perform to engage more people. And people have this assumption that like, 
if you have this many followers that you're, you know, you're held in this high esteem or if you get this many likes, then, okay, that means that I'm pretty for sure because I got, you know, 200 likes, so that's good. You know, we like rate ourselves based off of how much outward support we get from other people. And I think that's really weird, but it's all that we've ever seen. So it becomes the norm. And we sit here and we're addicted to social media because we're addicted to some form of like, well, we're addicted to a form of community, right? As, as humans, that's just what we are. But then people that create social media prey on that nature and feed it with like fake validation. So now you're like addicted to scrolling through or to posting or to, I don't even know, whatever you do on social media because you're hoping to get engagement or validation from either a specific person or from like a group of people even like with even if it's not like with all of your followers like I know I've heard so many people say like I don't really care who like it as long as he does or as long as she do I'm good and it's like even that is we're using it to fish for some sort of like validation and you shouldn't need other people to make you feel secure in who you are Because if that's what you're basing it off of, you're never going to actually feel secure. Um, Because you can't control another person. You can't control how they perceive you. And you also can't control the world. Things change. What's in now might not always be. And so we shouldn't measure our self-worth based on how other people value us. Because it's just, there's no actual basis for that. And thinking back on my own life, there were way too many moments where I allowed someone's inability to love me change the way I loved myself. And that is a huge hell fucking nah because there's just so much danger that exists within that type of ideology. And if you don't choose to heal it, then you're going to ruin yourself and the relationships around you. Because think about all the negativity that is birthed from that sort of a mindset. It's like it can give way to codependency, abusive relationships, infidelity, detachedness like there's just so many problematic things that can stem from an insecurity that hasn't been healed yet or hasn't been processed and so even thinking of like infidelity I'm thinking of men in this case because I don't really have a really large sample to pull from from women who have um, been unfaithful but from things I've seen from men being unfaithful a lot of that often stems from this like need to feel a sense of power and to feel desired in a certain way and so a lot of times and this isn't all men some people cheat for other reasons some people don't cheat at all but for the ones that cheat for this reason I've noticed that it comes from this need to feel like that nigga and doing in this society in order to feel like that nigga you either have to have money or you have to have hello women and so I think a lot of what I've seen has been men trying to feel comfortable within themselves to the point that they hurt the person who is way more important than the bullshit that the insecurity caused but they can't see that because they don't see it as an insecurity that need for like a need for constant sex or a need for constant um, what's the word? A need for constant entertainment of other people is a definite self-reflection moment. 
Like, if you need to constantly go out from the norm in order to feel better about yourself, or you don't even know why you do it, you just do it, there's probably, like, an underlying reason behind your decision, right? Like, you wouldn't just up and hurt someone that you're with for nothing. And I think a lot of people are always like, oh, it's just sex, or oh, like, I didn't even think about it. And if you didn't even think about it, that's how you know it's something that's innate and something that's just been internalized because you didn't even realize how your need to feel your own or fuel your own desire has then ruined something that could have been an amazing blessing for you. And I think that's a form of insecurity that we don't often talk about, but a lot of the case, it really is just stemming from insecurity. And I think that's why women are always like, oh, he's like, he's not a bad person. He just made a mistake. Like, he did make a mistake. And let's talk about why the mistake was made. Like, where did that come from? You don't just do anything willy-nilly. Like, even if you don't have an intention when you go into something, you might not know it, but your subconscious has an intention. Like, there's always, we don't do anything without knowing what we're doing. Um so, yeah, people make mistakes all the time. Like, that's fine. But what isn't fine is if we don't try to understand and learn from the mistake because then what's the point? And then I don't know much about abusive relationships or codependency. I've never been in a real relationship, so I can't even add on to this. It's not my ex- examples or experiences I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of infidelity um, or abusive relationships. But from what I've seen... A lot of that comes with, like, like a lot of women that stay in abusive relationships stay because they don't realize that they're worth more and that there's more out there. And there's this fear that you won't have someone else or there's this fear that you'll be alone. And I think a lot of people have this idea that our self-worth is tied to our ability to attract and keep a man. And so there's just so much fear tied around leaving negative situations. And even with codependency... That's even more dangerous because that can, codependency can lead to an abusive relationship, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of that. It can definitely lead to that. And codependency also can lead to like stalking and just like overly wild and abusive situations. And all that stems from this idea of insecurity. Like all I have is this relationship. This is what makes me feel safe. If I don't have it, then who am I? And so people allow themselves to go through so much bullshit instead of just dealing with the insecurity and moving forward and allowing yourself to live life the way that you should. Um, And what I can talk about that I actually do relate to myself, though, is the detachedness. My ability to detach, even now, after healing from what I was talking about earlier, like, my ability to detach is crazy. If there's ever been a situation that caused me pain or yeah anything that has caused me pain like I just remove it from my life completely like if it's a person I probably just won't ever talk to you again if it's a situation like I have no problem detaching which is a good thing for certain people and in certain situations because it allows me to not get taken advantage of But other times, it's probably not the best way to handle things. I'm working on it. Um, But either way, I'm very picky and choosy with who I allow to be 
who I allow to be in my space and who I allow myself to be vulnerable with. And that is definitely something that stems from an insecurity because I think for a long time, my fear of rejection or my fear of being unwanted was so heavy in my life that whenever something seemed to be out of my control, I would just detach first so that like I could lessen the amount of pain that I was going to experience in the end. So like the fact that I still do that shows that there's still an issue there and I shouldn't always be so quick to just be like, yeah, okay, bet you'll never hear from me again. Um, But also if I got to that point, it was definitely warranted because I'm not just the type to just cut people off. It's something that definitely built up. But even then, um, being too detached can also cause you to not be able to connect and to form deeper relationships because you're hiding a part of yourself in order to limit the amount of pain that you're going to experience. But it sucks because, like, if you do let your guard down, you very well might get hurt. Like, I'm not, don't say, like, oh, I listened to Kaya and I let my guard down and this nigga cheated on me. Don't do that. He very well might do it. But the point of letting your guard down is to allow yourself to at least experience the good parts, right? Because if we live in fear of allowing ourselves to exist fully, which is exactly what an insecurity is, then we never get to actually enjoy the blessing. And what's the point of missing out on that? So you should work on that if you have an inability to be vulnerable and an inability to connect with people because it's a deeper thing and there's something that isn't in alignment and there's probably some insecurity there. But I say that to say that it's normal and everyone has insecurities and they also manifest in so many different ways. And so even if you don't think of yourself as an insecure person, think about some of the things that you've done or some of the relationships you have and see if maybe other people might think of you as insecure and why is that and get to the root of it because there's so much that you can learn from just deep diving into your own path, um, into your own insecurities. And I also think that I want, I don't know, I want this conversation to go, LOL conversation because it's literally just me ranting by myself, but I want this to shift towards like how do we stop being insecure which is honestly the answer is probably different for everyone because we're all different people and we all have different insecurities but I think the first thing that we can all do regardless of what it is is just stop seeking validation from humans they say only God can judge for a reason and I think we need to be more mindful of that Um, And also what comes with that is like we have to stop being in denial like it's okay to not always be confident But you do have to take the time to learn and acknowledge where this lack of confidence stems from So that you can understand how to heal it and how to move forward And then what also comes with like being in denial is knowing that healing isn't just a Easy journey, right? Like it's not something that you can just do quickly or something that you can rush through or something that you can just it's it's dynamic and you can't really control what happens along the journey but you can control how present you are and how much you want to deep dive right how much you really want to heal how much you really want to get into it I I notice that a lot of people don't like to be uncomfortable um, and so a lot of times you just don't have conversation about what is normally seen as negative 
But if we never have conversations, then it's just always going to exist. And I think we should move forward from that. And also, like, speak kinder to yourself. I think a lot of the times what I see with insecurity is people project onto other people what their own insecurities are. And it's because they're not being kind to themselves, so they obviously can't be kind to other people. So, like, be very mindful of people that are always saying negative things about other people. Be mindful of people that only, like, their only way to converse is by talking shit. Be very mindful of that because there's some sort of unhappiness within themselves and they can't, they either can't pinpoint it or they don't want to do the work to, so they just put it on everyone else. Um, Not everyone does that, but a lot of people do. And I started noticing people in my own life that did that and removing them from my space was really important. And so I encourage everyone to just kind of like use this time to reflect a little bit about who's in your space because a lot of the times these insecurities come from people closest to us. And you shouldn't have anybody in your life that makes you feel bad or that makes you feel uncertain or that makes you feel worrisome. Like you shouldn't have anyone in your life that's adding negativity to it. And if you do, then there's that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Um, But yeah, speak kinder to yourself so that you can also share that kindness with other people. That's why I post affirmations, because I think if you affirm yourself and you are confident in yourself, you can also light that bit of confidence in other people. Um, And also be very mindful of the energy that you're getting off or that you're giving off, because it definitely comes back to you. And it can also ruin situations without you even knowing. So if you're going into a relationship with this negative mindset that like, yeah, I'm going to get hurt. This isn't going to work out. Well, then, duh, like something bad's going to happen because you're literally wishing it on yourself. Um, And so I think we can just we need to be more mindful about what our mind does and how powerful its ability to create is, because once we can control our mind and we recognize its power to create, then we are pretty much unstoppable. And then you pair that with just overwhelming self-confidence and it's like there's literally nothing you can't do because now you know you have the power to do it and you know you have the power to create so I I'm excited to see what it looks like to live or be surrounded by a community of people who are all self-confident and all radiating a sense of higher and, and more positive energy because I think the world around us would look a lot better if people were just a little bit more confident but I also recognize especially thinking about my identity is that black people in America have always been told that we are like the other, like we're the problem, like nobody actually wanted us here. And so even that deep rooted idea that like, I don't belong here shows up in our community as insecurity. And it shows up in so many different ways because we've now been forced to see ourselves through how they see us. And through their measurements of success and through their measurements of popularity and through their measurements of beauty. And so we always look at ourselves differently and lesser because we can't compete with what our oppressor is putting out as our identity. Right. We can't erase that. And so why are we trying to uphold those values anyway? And I think once we get past a lot of the ways in which white supremacy has caused insecurity in our community, we can start to target it on our, within ourselves as well. Because like I mentioned earlier, yeah, I had some insecurities that stem from my relationship with black men, 
But I also had a lot of insecurity that stemmed from my relationship with white people. And when I look at my insecurities from my relationship with black men, the reason they were putting out certain things toward me was because they were receiving certain things at the hands of white supremacy. And it's all cyclical is my point. So there's just a lot of different pathways we can gauge where the beginning of, of insecurity comes from. But I think it changes based off of your specific identity, your nationality, your gender, your socioeconomic status, um, your sexual orientation. All of those things change the way that you experience insecurity. But I do think that there are a lot of commonalities within where they stem from on a larger scale. Um, and the basis is society, especially society that is ran by white supremacy. Of course, we're never going to think of ourselves as great and as perfect and as amazing as we are when the person that's also been trying to tell the world that we're thugs and criminals and slaves exists. Like, we can't really combat that if we're trying to look at ourselves through that lens, which is why I say human validation is dead and it shouldn't be how we perceive ourselves because humans don't know what they're doing anyway. Don't let somebody who doesn't know what they're doing tell you (laughs) what you're doing. So I think that can also go into a bigger episode about the way we idolize society and certain celebrities and things like that. Because I think that also changes the way we see ourselves. But I don't really have thoughts on that right now, so I'll come back to that in a later episode. But thank you guys for listening, if you made it this far. And thank you for letting me just kind of rant on my ideas about what insecurities are and what they mean. I would love to hear what you guys think. So if you ever have any ideas... um, or you want to talk about what I'm speaking on because I realize this is very one-sided, let me know. But that is all I have for this episode. Thank you guys so much, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye!